Welcome to show 51 of the Cloth Decker Podcast. Today's episode is with Pooter's Diapers. I'm chatting with Maliwa and we are going to have a great conversation about her brand story. All right, guys, making this short and sweet because I have had an error with today's show. If this is the second time you're listening to the show, thank you for your patience. I'm sorry I uploaded a bad file. I had a little bit of a trouble with this, and as the only sole producer of this show, sometimes that happens. The Cloth Diaper Podcast is a somewhat regular show dedicated to sharing stories about cloth diapering. This is a mom-hosted show. It's run on a very tight budget, and I do all the crappy editing myself. If you are here for today's show, it's going to be a great one. Don't forget to check out Instagram. I have a giveaway ending on Thursday, August 20th, 2020, to try to win a Pooter's Diapers yourself. Um, I think that is all I'm going to do, and here is the conversation. Today, I am chatting with Majaliwa from Pooter's Diapers. Do we pronounce it Pooter's, or are you pronouncing it a different way? <laughs> the pooters. Yeah. Where where does your cloth diaper journey even begin? You have been making pooters diapers for a long time. Pooters has yeah. been a name that I have heard since I've been in the cloth diaper world, which was like 2015. Um That's awesome. so where where do you where do we start? Yeah, where did you start? I um yeah, it's a great question. So I started 11 years ago and, and I can say that definitively because it was with my firstborn. So that is and 2009? 2009. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, so I, I started out, um, you know, I've always been kind of just an advocate for the environment. I'm, I'm going to date myself a little bit, but there used to be a commercial that ran in the U.S. about woodsy owl. Give a hoot. Don't pollute. <laughs> yeah, that was a really popular <laughs> diaper for a while, too. Right. Everybody's got an owl diaper from the early yeah. 2000s. Yeah. Yeah. And um, and so I've, I've always been passionate about the environment. And so, you know, the moment we found out that we were expecting, I was like, I'm, I'm going to do all the things green. I'm making baby food and I'm going to breastfeed and, you know, I'm going to cough diaper. And I didn't even know how I was going to figure it out. Like I hadn't, I hadn't like Googled anything. I was just like, I don't know, but that's what I'm going to do. We'll figure it out. <laughs> so, I've talked to a couple uh, of moms who've also dated themselves. They said like Google wasn't as big either. Like just that's right. Yeah. It wouldn't have been yeah. necessarily the first instinct either. That's right. Exactly. So I was like, I don't know what I'll do, but I'll figure it out. And, you know, I knew that my mom had cloth diapered us um, growing up as kids and like she switched to disposables about halfway through. Yeah. Um, and my mother-in-law had done the same thing. So I was like, well, I'll, I'll probably just call them and ask. Right. Yeah. And, and of course, you know, you got to love moms. They're like, I don't remember that stuff. <laughs> You're like, How were we raised? How did we make it here? Um, so, so then I did Google and I was like, oh, wow, like they've changed. Like I just assumed they were going to be, you know, the old oh, yeah. school things that I'd read about. And I was like, oh, this is, this is really cool. And so of course, like, I think every cloth diapering mom, you get into it and you get into like all the things. And so you've got, you know, the pretty colors and the patterns and it, it becomes this whole thing. And, um, and I remember having a baby shower and my friends were like, so you're really going to do this cloth diaper thing? I'm like, absolutely. And they're like, yeah, well, we'll check in with you after six months and see how it goes. <laughs> so, um, anyone who knows me, like I take things like that as a challenge. So <laughs> by default, I was committed to doing it for at least a year simply because they expected me to fail. 
Yeah. And so I start cloth diapering and about six months, my son starts leaking through every diaper imaginable at nighttime. Uh-huh. And I am frustrated. Like I'm literally like I get up in the morning and thankfully he, he was the type of baby that slept through the night regardless. But I'd get up in the morning and he would literally be lying in a pool of pee. And it was the most disgusting thing. Yeah. And then, of course, you know, just thinking like, oh, my God, my kid's like, how long has he been asleep in this thing? Right. And so um, I started like going online and trying to find other options and just reading and seeing what other moms were doing. And there's all kinds of stuff like there were moms that would take like a all-in-one and then put like a wool cover over it. I mean, just, you know, just really just kind of like piling it on. And so I was worried about bulk. I was worried about heat, all kinds of stuff. Now my background is in engineering. And so um, I was like, there's, there's gotta be like a scientific way <laughs> to solve this problem. I absolutely <laughs> love it. I absolutely <laughs> love learning where everyone's backgrounds are. Like, I just, you never know where it's going to go. And every time it surprises me because I think, so at the start of the show, I had mentioned that I just interviewed Dynobi detergent, like a detergent company, black yeah. detergent company in Chicago. She's an accountant. So <laughs> here you are, um, an engineer making diapers. So, so right. where did you go? You solved, <laughs> you were trying to solve your problem. You were trying to find, I mean, 2010, right. there's not a lot of options really for fitted. Like was Sloom on the scene yet? Maybe kind of. Um, Sloom was on the scene. They had a cotton diaper at the time. Um, and that one, I had tried it. It it did not hold. I don't know what my son was. It's not the same it. as hemp. It's not the same. Yeah. Well, and that's what I found in my research is I was like, okay, well, what's, you know, kind of like my engineering brain was like, well, what's the most absorbent material out there? <laughs> so that's, that's what took me down this hemp path. Cause I didn't, I didn't even think anything of that. Right. I was like, oh, this hemp thing. Okay. There's hemp. And then there's bamboo. All right. So we got to figure this thing out. So then I, I start ordering fabric online. Um, <laughs> just, some, just whatever. <laughs> it was, it was whatever. Um, I, I hadn't sewn since high school, right? Like I took yeah. one, one little home education class, but I knew how to hand sew. And I was like, okay, I don't think that's going to cut it for what I'm trying to do. Um, so it, it's so silly, but I bought one of those, I don't know if you've seen those little electric hand sewing machines. Like from the early 2000s, mid 2000s? Yes. Yes, yes. I know what you're talking about. <laughs> I am just like in tears thinking about you buying this, but okay. So, so, so I buy this thing and I buy hemp fabric. I'm, I can't even remember where I found it. I was just, at, at one point it got to like anybody who has it, I'll take it. Mm-hmm. And so I buy this fabric and I just like cut the shape. Like I take one of his all-in-ones and I trace it. <laughs> I cut it out and then I sew it with this hand sewing thing and um and I put it on my son and my husband is like you have officially lost it right now. yeah I totally <laughs> and see I'm like, there's gotta be a solution he's like all right so, so I do this thing and I put it on him and it works and so like the next morning I'm ecstatic now the hemp I had bought was like a hundred percent hemp so it was like rough as heck like it so I was like, all right, so we got we to gotta figure out something. So then I get back online and I start learning about like blends of fabric and like, you know, how you really want to blend cotton with hemp so that it's not as scratchy and all this kind of stuff. And so then I go through like testing different blends. So I found one that was like a 70% hemp, 30% cotton, et cetera. And I finally get to that if it's about 50-50-ish, then that's kind of the sweet spot where you get the absorbency benefit of the hemp. Um, but then like you get the softness of the cotton. 
And so again, I, I go back to my little hand thing at this point in between time, cause this is, there's like a lot of going back and forth with like ordering fabric and stuff. Um, I do start watching some YouTube videos. I'm like, the hand thing isn't going to work. <laughs> so I start watching YouTube videos. A good friend of mine, her mother-in-law had given her a sewing machine. You gotta love mother-in-law. She's yeah. like, you need to learn how to sew. Every woman should learn how to sew. <laughs> and she's like, I got a sewing machine cause I ain't gonna learn how to sew. So if you want it, you can have it. <laughs> so, so I get this thing and I have to like go online to even just try to find a manual on how to use it. Like it's old school. It's not like the fancy drop bobbin type mm-hmm. stuff. It's like, you gotta wind it up everything <laughs> and there's like straight stitch and that's it like that's all you're gonna get out of this thing so I, I watch a couple youtube videos figure out how to use this thing figure out how to sew a straight stitch um you know kind of play around with the pattern a couple of different times i've got like the right blend i'm like all right how many layers do i actually need so i play a little bit with that and i guess it probably took me maybe about three months of, of mm-hmm. doing this just kind of iterative. And of course my husband's like, you're, you're in that. You're just, and I'm like, I'm going to figure this out. And um, at the same time, so when I, when we found out we were expecting, um, I got to month seven and the job that I was working, I was like, I, I can't do it anymore. Like I was working 67 hours a week. Oh, like no. this, yeah. I was like, this is intense. Like it's not going to work. So, um, you know, we've made a decision. I, so I just quit working. And so, like, now at this point, it's like me and the baby, that's it all day. This project is needed. That's right. And so a good friend of mine, um, you know, because this is around 2009, 2010, and that's when, like, we had, like, the big tech burst and people started losing oh, jobs. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so a good friend of mine, he had lost his job. And so we were like, all right, we're going to keep each other motivated. <laughs> so we would meet once a week and, like, brainstorm, you know, how are we going to change the world and all the things we were doing? In the meantime, he's got kids, right? And, and they're roughly the same age as my son. And so we're also talking about like the challenges of, of being a new parent. And I'm telling him about like my woes with this diaper thing. And so again, I'm like working on it. We're meeting once a week. We're trying to encourage each other. And so I go to our next meeting and I'm like, Wendell, I figured it out. He's like, keep I was like, yes, I finally have something that works. I'm so excited. No more leaks, you know, whatever. And he's like, that's awesome. You should sell it. I said, you think? And he goes, yeah. He was like, you could sell it. He's like, there's all kinds of manufacturers out there. You just got to find the right one, like send them your prototype and they'll reproduce it for you. Solve my problem. I'm good, yeah. right? And he's like, sell it. I'm like, <laughs> And so, and then I said, well, well, what do you think I should call it? And he goes, pooters. Oh, really? <laughs> he goes, yeah, you know, like, you poop it. And so then you got a pooters for the Putin. And I, said, I said, that has to be the most ridiculous name. He was like, I'm telling you, it's a winner. <laughs> I mean, I was wondering where, I'm always curious about what's in a name. And I like to like guess myself. I'm like, maybe it's like a child or something. But I mean, nope. your friend, give me your idea. It's my friend. He he was in that. Bless his soul. He, he was in that. And he would always come up with some stuff that would just make me laugh. And so he said that. And I was like, yeah, I don't know about that name. And um, so again, the engineering me, I'm like, well, but I can survey people. <laughs> 
and get a statistical <laughs> significance yeah. in the numbers. So, so I sent out a survey to over a hundred people and, um, and I have Pooters as one of the names. And then like, I kind of brainstormed a couple of other names and Pooters won hands down. People were like writing them. They're like, Oh my God, that's hilarious. You got to do it. I was like, all right, Pooters it is. And so then I set out on a mission to find somebody who could manufacture it. Cause I'm like, I don't, I, you know, hell, I started out selling this diaper with a hand sewing machine for crying out loud. Like I need somebody way more skilled. Like if I'm going to sell this thing, I'm going to be selling like hundreds of them. And I like, I am not that type of seamstress. I just, you know, and so, um, that probably took about another, gosh, maybe four months or so yeah, of process. me sending, like making the prototype, sending it to different manufacturers, having them reproduce a sample, send it back to me. Mm-hmm. Then I have to test it. Right. And be like, yeah, this is good quality. It stands the test of time. Like all that fun stuff, it works and then send it back and then finding someone who could do that hemp blend. And so the thing like, yeah. Stuff has changed in the past year since we've like legalized marijuana. But what I don't think people realize is um, hemp, because of those restrictions, hemp was actually only manufactured in China. It was the only country <laughs> that was yeah. allowed. So, so even the fabric, like the people that had the fabric in the U.S., they were actually buying it <laughs> from this subset of plants in China. And so I'm like, I can either pay a markup to get it here or yeah. I can just get it from the same place you're getting it from. <laughs> yeah, I had a phone call with uh, Sharota from Gap and Baby. She also mm-hmm. kind of resonated that idea. Like people just don't understand that 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 stigma around marijuana and hemp has just really impacted yeah. the the industry in ways that you can't she can't really like even tangibly explain. Like that's right. It can be really hard to source those products. It's and yeah. interesting to hear you reiterate that. Um, so you found it in that the whole process is a process. And like, yes, I see people starting cloth diaper companies today all the time. And sometimes you're like, Oh, but there's so much of this back and forth. Like there's so much like trying to find the right product that goes into it. Yeah. 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 And then the test times are long, right? Because it's, you know, you get it, you got to test it on your kid. You got to try to find other people that are willing to test it. And then you want to test it over time. Like you want something that's going to stand up for, you know, like years, right? That's the thing with cloth diapers is that's part of the reason why you buy them too, is to save money with the intent that this thing is going to be something that lasts for years. Like you've had four kids, right? That's right. Yeah. I literally just retired one of my first Hooters hemp diapers from the manufacturer that I found 11 years ago. Like that's how, but I mean, it took a while to find somebody like, so I've, I've been with her um, for 11 years. She has manufactured every single Pooter's diaper I've ever put on the market for 11 years. And I'm thankful that I found her. And um, it's funny. I've seen her through two babies. (laughs) She's seen me through four babies. Um, That's another, uh, another theme that I hear. Like if, if anybody listening today to the podcast hasn't listened to other shows is like those relationships that people build with factories is really special. Yeah. 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 So that's, that's kind of, I I guess a very long winded answer. So what, 
so that was what almost a two-year process um it it took me about 18 months to get like the first set of pooters hemp diapers out there on the market and um and again i'm I'm gonna date myself a little bit here but (laughs) this is when like social media influencers were starting to become a thing Mm -hmm. and the big thing was bloggers like bloggers were the influencers right nobody cares Um, about bloggers anymore Right. It's funny because so I literally, because I wanted it to stand out, uh-huh. um, I hand wrote notes to the top five cloth diaper bloggers that I was following at the time. And, um, and I was like, you know, like, Hey, I came up with this, like, here's my story. I'd, I'd love it if you could just feature it on your blog. And, um, a couple of them picked it up. But all about cloth diapers picked it up. Oh yeah, Jennifer it was Autumn at the time. Yeah, yeah. And so, um, so she emails me, and she's like, "I got your package. I'm super excited, you know." And she does this amazing blog post that, thankfully, it didn't shut down my site. But when she posted it, like my sales spiked. And I, like, I know. I was all. I was all pumped. I was like, "Look at that." Yeah, that would have been the internet back then. And so it just kind of, and so from there, like a lot of it was me just, you know, emailing or handwriting different bloggers and saying like, Hey, here's, here's this thing. Here's why I did it. Can you, can you pick it up? So yeah. Yeah. And you're, you still sell exclusively through Pooters. Are you with any retailers? Um, so there's a couple of retailers that I have. Um, so uh, Crunchy Boutique. Out oh, yeah, of, yeah. Yeah, so they're funny because the, the owners, I actually met them, I think it was about a year before they started Crunchy Boutique. And I met them at a mall. <laughs> they had just moved from California and they had heard about my diapers and uh, wanted to see if they could like see them and touch them and feel them in person. So we, we met at a mall. And at the time they said, hey, we're thinking we might start a cloth diaper business. And I'm like, well, good luck. Let me know how I can help. And so it's just, it's funny to kind of look ahead and just see how amazingly they, they've grown since then. They're, oh yeah, because they own their West Coast diapers, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they launched West Coast Dipes and yeah, because they were from the West Coast. That's why yeah. they had them when they moved from California. So yeah. Good. So your diapers, you're manufactured over in China. They're a hemp mm-hmm. cotton product. You did it because your son was super soaker heavy wetter. Mm-hmm. Now you've had four kids. It's 10 yeah. years later and you're still doing yeah. this. Yeah. What keeps you going? <laughs> the moms, um, you know, it, there's an interesting thing that I, I I didn't really think much about when I first started. Like, I, you know, I just told mm-hmm. you when I started, it was like, there's a problem. Here's the solution for that thing. Such an engineer um, at heart. I, I'm an engineer <laughs> at heart. Um, but there, there's this other side of me that is hugely empathetic. And, mm-hmm. you know, being a mom, and I'm getting tearful, so apologies. Oh, no. Um, <laughs> it's, it can be so lonely. Oh, yes. You know, and like no one prepares you for that thing. Mm-mm. And, um, and you know, like you, you think about like postpartum depression. I had it twice with my first morning and with my second morning. And they were amazing little babies, but I was depressed. I felt alone. And so what's been awesome with Cooters is that there's been this, it like for me, it's not even about the diaper anymore. I'm like, I hope that diaper like gives you some sanity, <laughs> but I love, I do. I love talking, connecting with the moms. Most moms that reach out are like, 
you know, their first time, they're just now getting into it. Um, and being able to like, especially with my experience now having gone through four kids to be able to just, even if it's just a few minutes of like mental and emotional support, like Mm -hmm. you got this, you're doing the right thing and just kind of empathizing with them, I think we all need it. And so quite honestly, it's the community of the women. It's the community of the moms. And I know there's dads in there too. Um, but I will say, I've actually never spoken to a dad. I've gotten a few emails, but it's, it's, it's mostly the moms. Um, but honestly, it's been that, it's been that connection, yeah. that relationship. I still follow um, All About Cloth Diapers that blog, um, <laughs> it, it, because it, it's, it's almost like where I started my journey as a mom and my journey in cloth diapering. And that community is such an amazing, supportive community of shared values. Um, and then especially when you think about what's happening now, with like sheltering in place. Um, yeah. We need that connection. Right. And so honestly, that that keeps me going, knowing that um, I'm able to make a difference in in someone's life. I mean, that may seem a little super cheesy. I don't know, but um, I don't know, it's not what we're all trying to do. Like, it's just that sad thing, right? And you create such a niche product that people will probably reach out to you when they're kind of at their breaking point with classic. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I get a lot of emails. It's like. I'm at my wits and like, I'm sick and tired of this thing. And I'm like, I get it. Mm-hmm. I remember waking up at two o'clock in the morning. And like I said, I remember one time my son had peed so much. I don't know how long he sat in it, but his fingers were wrinkled. Oh. Like, I was oh. obsessed about this thing. And then between that and like postpartum depression and not getting enough sleep, like you do, you get to that point. Transitioning through your job, like all of these things are definitely yeah. like motherhood is so yeah. wild that way. And at, at eight, your diapers are about 18 ounces, right? Um, like that's yeah, the, the base one is 18. If you put like, there's a, another insert that I developed that goes with it. If you put those two together, it gets you up to 31 ounces. And that's more than a disposable. Like at this point, yeah. like people have bursted disposables and they're changing to the night and it's just like everything has come crashing yeah. down. So like it's, yeah. you're making a huge impact in that way. Yeah. Like the first few years when I started and it, it carried on for a while, a lot of the moms that I would, I'll say talk to, I'll put it in quotes. It was either usually by, yeah, yeah. by text or chat was at two o'clock in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> and you gotta think like I'm up, I'm wide awake at two o'clock in the morning and they are too. And like that for a lot of, especially new moms is kind of your reality for a while. Oh yeah. I wake up yeah. every time I wake up in the morning, I wake up to like two or three DMS from people who are just like finally had a moment of their day to realize they've got a problem and they need some help. Um, yeah. And that's motherhood. <laughs> what, what's your dream for the future of Hajila? Um, yeah, so there's kind of one, one big one. And what I think about is, um, you know, I have, I have a heart and a passion for, um, the underserved mm-hmm. as, is probably, I guess the best way I can sum it up, which is, um, you know, I look at parents who struggle meeting basic needs like diapering their children. Yeah. And that's, that is insane to me. Like it is, it is literally insane to me. And you hear stories and there's statistics out there too, that supportive, you know, hardworking parents struggling to make ends meet, you know, taking a diaper, reusing it. Um, you yeah, know, like and the, disposable stats, diaper. the stats are scary. One in three, yeah. like one in yeah. three. Yeah. 
Yeah. And then, you, you know, I look at things like, again, what's happening right now and it's driving even more disparities. Mm-hmm. And I think about like, those are things that impact like basic health. Yeah. Right. And so for me, um, you know, I'm still trying to quite figure out how to have the most impact there. Um, but I, I fundamentally believe that everyone should have access for lack of better words to a clean bottom. No, there's no, that's, that's how we all say it. Yeah. Yeah. Clean bottom. (laughs) So a clean bottom. And, and I want to do my part in, in making that, that possible. So I donate. Yeah. I donate every year. Okay. Um, you know, so there's, there's a couple of different charities I support both in the U S um, and outside of the U S as well. So I, I will literally ship like boxes, um, of diapers, you know, totally free to different like orphanages and things like that, um, to support it. The thing is, is like, it's, to me, it's not enough. Mm-hmm. Again, the engineer in me is always like, what's the root problem. If you, you gotta get to the root problem to try yeah. to solve it. And, and I haven't quite cracked the nut on that yet. Right. Yeah. Um, and so that, that to me is like the bigger thing of like, how do we, like, how are, are people getting in that predicament to begin with? And then what can I do there? Cause I can donate all day and I've, I've been donating for years, um, but I also know that like it's a drop in the bucket. Oh yeah, right. And yeah, and so so honestly, the thing that's in the back of my head is like I, I think about Tom's shoes, right, mm-hmm. and how his thing was like really solving this problem with um, getting children's shoes, and he's like, I can do these one-off things, but like I need something that makes a much bigger impact, and that's the part I haven't quite cracked the nut on yet. Yeah, yeah, and those are like. Big role questions and big role questions that we're all having right now. I think separately, um, particularly in the, in the black community, there's a lot of other health related, um, issues as well that I think sometimes get, you know, overlooked. Like I, especially, you know, there's like black breastfeeding week, right. Mm -hmm. And there's groups like, you know, black moms do breastfeed. Um, and I've seen like when those posts are made, um, Unfortunately, I've seen like some negative responses, like why, why do we have to separate it? Why do we have to do that? And I think in general, there's an opportunity just to raise more awareness around the disparities between black mothers. So I think some of it is, is related to the clean bum thing. But to be honest with you, from what I've seen with the clean bum thing, that's actually not a race specific thing. Oh, sorry. Yeah. I was just thinking about like economics in my community and like who's being economically disproportionate and some of the conversations I hope can see we can change, but it's not really. And I also live in Canada where we have a lot of social, more, more social systems, but we still have a one in five clean bum thing. Yeah. One in five. Yeah. And so it's still like, you can put a lot. So what, it's a lot of what is those root causes? And that's yeah. such a huge question and trying to figure it out. Um, and there's so many, so many brands that I talked to, like Marie from Petite Crown and Mohammed from Little Helper. And they all also kind of resonate and recognize and it's such, so hard. Like where do we, and how do we move with this? And yeah. Yeah. I, I think from what I've seen over the years and, and sadly it hasn't changed too much. I, I see economic disparities. Um, I'll just say in the parenting world, right? Which is where you kind of get to that one in five clean bum thing. Um, and then there, there's racial disparities. Like I remember, um, 
you know, when I started breastfeeding, um, I love my mother-in-law. She's amazing. But when I started breastfeeding, she looked at me, she's like, oh my God, you're going to do that thing? And I'm like, yeah. And she was like, isn't that, isn't that gross? (laughs) Um, And, and, you know, I had to like, like I took her with me to my pediatrician's office and like he gave her information about breastfeeding. And it was so funny because she, she's real open to like feedback and stuff. And um, <laughs> after that, she went around bragging to all of her friends about how she, how she has a grandbaby who's breastfed. <laughs> but so important though, like that is so important to her that she was open to it. And that's, yeah, that's yeah. like such a huge thing that we, a lot of people we struggle with is even just getting people in our life who are open to that change, right? Like cloth diaper yeah. gets that same stigma because of yeah. years of marketing against That's right. it. Um, That's right. But if you don't have people in your life who are willing to be open to that conversation and then be a champion when they learn more, like yeah, your mother-in-law is an amazing, beautiful human for being like that, she, which should be normal. She is amazing and beautiful. Yeah. It, it should be normal. But you know, um, like I was, of course, in true, true nerd engineering fashion, I was looking at statistics the other day. <laughs> and so, you know, because I, I, I like kind of, I noticed the differences, right? Between mm-hmm. talking to like family members, et cetera. And then of course, like, being um, in the cloth diaper community and which is predominantly white. So you kind of hear like a slightly different perspective. Yeah. And so I went back and I was like, I wonder what is like the true difference there. And I found this from um, the U S department of health and human services. It was a recent study that they did and they set like these targets for breastfeeding. And so their targets are, they want 75% of moms to start breastfeeding 50% make it at least six months and then 25% to make it at least a year. So that's like kind of their bar. And among white women, 77% of them start, uh-huh. 45% of them are going at six months. So just, you know, five points below what, what they want. And then 24% are continuing after a year. Remember the goal is 25. So that's, that's pretty, pretty freaking good. Right. Yeah. Um, black women by far were actually, the worst when it came to their numbers on this. So even like Latino women were actually really close to white women. I was actually shocked when I saw. Oh yeah, so, yeah. Like Latino women have their own history, complex history with yeah too. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's a very from from what I could tell at least from the data, it's really strong. So I'm like, oh, okay, that's good. Um, and then like the second group was Asian women and then Native American women and then Black women. Yeah. Only 59 percent of them start breastfeeding. Um, only 28% are continuing at six months and only 13% make it a year. So when you think about, you know, knowing again, it kind of, it still ties back to like economic disparities, et cetera. But when you look at things like that, then you start to understand why it becomes so important to not only highlight like the benefits of breastfeeding and cloth diapering and baby wearing and all those things that we love, um, but why it becomes even more important to call it out specifically when it comes to black women is because for a host of different reasons, mostly marketing related, um, we're not there yet, Um, but we need to get there. Like if we want, when you think about the change that we want to make in the world, it starts with good health first. Yeah. And, and as babies, that's the start. Right. And so we can start them out healthy. Like we can only benefit (laughs) from that, from that later in life. And so, um, 
Yeah. yeah and then keep their moms and keep their moms healthy. I know like, we talk right. about, we talk about bum health, but a large conversation that happens when we talk about diaper need is mental health of the parents, like yeah. anxiety and that worry of having to buy yeah. diapers and having to clean them and having to always have them. Um, and when you have a healthy mother, it really helps raise a healthy baby. Yeah. Such a, such a huge cycle. So many compounding. Um, yeah. 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 I think the thing that's always amazed me, though, about the cloth diaper community, um, like, we just tend to be a very uh, fierce group of... Love it. I love it. It's almost like, it's almost like because we chose to cloth diaper, like, we're just kind of wired to push against status quo. Yeah. You know? (laughs) And so... Um, and, and, you know, you'd asked me earlier, like what kind of keeps me going? And I was kind of saying like, it's like, it's my tribe. It's my tribe. Like I love fierce people that challenge the status quo. Like, I think that's the only way to make a a difference. I mean, my daughter potty trained a year ago. I'm still running a podcast about cloth diapers. Exactly. (laughs) And like, I really resonate with that. Um, Yeah. You got every brand I talk to and every parent I bring on, like you, people are just, they're fierce and they're passionate and it's just yeah. such a great feeling to yeah. have. And there's so much status quo challenging that is happening. Mm-hmm. Can yeah. Happen. Um, yeah. Yeah. And you know what? I'm thinking about all of this and I was thinking about, um, is that partly why your diaper is super affordable? Right. Yeah. Like for its price point, for its value, for what it is. Got one downstairs. $18 US for 18 ounces of a hemp cotton blend. Like, yeah. hello, we don't see that anywhere. Is that part of that, that push for you to try to make a product that was accessible? That's it. That's exactly it. And you got to think when I started Pooters, I wasn't working. No. Right. And so like money's tight, money's tight for a lot of people, but money was tight for us. And, and, you know, um, seven months in, I got pregnant with my second. Uh-huh. So like money was tight for quite some time. And I'm like, I, it's for your sanity, like I'm not trying to charge you an arm and a leg. Right. Uh-huh. Um, I get it. And I want you to be able to get like a little bit of sanity and it shouldn't cost you a lot. And, um, you know, you get to know me, you kind of start to get to know my brand. Just even the name and the cheesiness of it is just, I, I just, I don't want to say I like to keep it real because I feel like that phrase is so overused, but I, I'm a super down to earth mom. And to me, what's important is things that work, Mm -hmm. things that work well and things that aren't like ridiculously expensive. Like it shouldn't, it shouldn't take a lot and cost a lot to get something that's good and that works and that's healthy for your baby. Like that just, that shouldn't be a reality and I don't want it to be. So there, there is a reason why, um, you know, I do keep the prices where they are. Yeah. Well, this was an amazing conversation, Majalia. Um, yeah, you've answered everything and you've shared everything. And I am so excited to share your story. You. Uh, and if people, I think we've brought about, it's just pooters.com, right? PootersDiapers.com. Pooters.com has been taken for 11 years and I have no idea why. <laughs> okay. There's like nothing on the page. <laughs> I'm like emailed. I'm like, 
Give me the URL. It's like Pooters Diapers. <laughs> okay, PootersDiapers.com. And yeah. you're at Pooters Diapers. You're on Facebook. You're on Instagram. Yes. You yep. have a great blog of resources. I was snooping through there. Lots of helpful information. Um, yeah, and I bought an extra one of your diapers to give away. So listeners, go find me on Instagram and we will get that diaper in your hands because it was just a pretty nice diaper. And I had a couple followers who bought them uh that week so i've heard great That's things awesome. i've only heard great Thank things you. from people all right so that giveaway will be starting august 17th 2020 over on my instagram page cloth diaper podcast you can find out more information about future giveaways and podcast episodes and all that fun stuff if you subscribe to my newsletter and the best way to subscribe to my newsletter is to visit my website www.clothdiaperpodcast.com on my website you'll find more information about my cloth diaper book now available on amazon and hopefully elsewhere by the time this show gets to the masses but not guaranteed you'll also be able to find all the show notes for the cloth diaper podcast and be able to find out how you can be a guest now that it's the end of august i am starting to take guest interview scheduling for the fall and winter. If you've always wanted to be on the Cloth Paper Podcast, now is your chance. You can always email me as well. So just go bailey at clothtyperpodcast.com or find me on social media and I'll get you those links and that information. Until next time, bye.